Welcome to the Contemporary Conversations podcast, biblical thinking on modern challenges. We are hosts, Joe and Nick, talk about modern issues that affect the local church in our Christian walk. So let's listen in on this newest episode. Hey everyone, welcome back. And this is our second episode. Um, one of your hosts, Joe. And I'm Nick. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, we're glad to be here. And today, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, you know, our last episode, we just kind of gave some introductions and in our heart on the reasoning for this podcast. And, you know, we want to, obviously, the the tagline for our podcast is that it's biblical thinking on modern challenges. And what more is a modern challenge than thinking about identity? It is something we hear about every day from, uh, gosh, spiritual identity personal identity i mean gosh uh, gender identity um i don't even know where to end with the descriptions absolutely and it's a th- and it's such a big big topic nowadays because i think and, and and within ourselves we try to find out who we are i think it's something that's ingrained within humanity is to find out who we are and who we identify with and who we identify within ourselves and so as we look to these different factors of identity, whether it be uh, creed, race, uh, sexuality, what what have you, it's it's a it's an issue, and especially in our day, in our postmodern era of society, where identity is unbelievably subjective. Yeah, there's no there's no foundation, or there's, there's no standard for which identity sets. It can be determined by well, you, the individual, which. Is very subjective. It oh, it absolutely is. And so, while there, are, I, w- I would I would say there are certain aspects of identity that can certainly be subjective. There are obviously very large parts of our identity and your identity that are not. And it comes to accepting those and realizing those, and essentially learning who you are. No, and I agree. I think a lot of the objective identities that we could we could claim and and have scientifically backed up if you want to say would be obviously our gender um because obviously in today's world now people are saying that gender is fluid your sexuality is fluid but in all honesty you're born a male and a female and that's what we understand but what comes down to it though is to start the conversation there has to be a a baseline and that baseline is what is our identity as a christian And I want to pull up from Galatians 2, towards the end of the chapter, and he starts off, actually I want to kind of go, um, starting in verse 18, basically the the context here is Paul is basically saying that, you know, as we continue to pursue being justified in Christ, we are still sinners. I mean, we still make bad choices, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, bad thoughts, bad choices, it happens all the time. And then he basically says, you know, but if we're doing that, does that mean Jesus is a servant of sin because, you know, he came to serve us and love us? And obviously Paul says, certainly not. And he says, for if I, starting in verse 18, for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For though the law, I died to the law, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Basically saying, look, if if, I, if I'm trying to rebuild what I used to be, then, then I'm not really following Jesus. And he's basically like, look, I died through the law. The law pointed out to me that I was a dirty, rotten sinner. 
that I had no hope. Uh, I mean, basically, that's what the law does. It basically points out to us and causes us to feel guilty. Uh, it just shines a light on us, but it doesn't save us. Right. I mean, if you think about the laws that are existing in our country, they don't save us, but they point out to us it's wrong. Right. It gives us it gives us some kind of moral standard. Right. And so he continues, starting in verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow. That's power. That I, If you want to describe that, that is Paul saying, this is my identity. And in a way, because he's writing it to the church in Galatia, he's saying this is what your identity is to be, is that we are no longer we. We are him. Exactly. And we, as we kind of mentioned in the last podcast, the, that one that we continue to focus on, we, we kind of set that up because it really boils down to who we are as the church, who we are in Christ. We are one body. And in Romans, in Romans 12, 4, it says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Amen. So it focuses on the fact that our identity is ultimately not in what we do within the church. I think it's a very important thing to realize when it comes to who we are uh, as Christians and as a church body. The fact that we all have different functions within the the church body, for example, I I primarily my ministry is in the music. I mean, it's and it's a very important aspect of church ministry. However, it's not the end all be all, right? um, Which is uh, which is not not a a a commonly shared opinion nowadays because it seems like a lot of people. Are all about the music, so I'm a part of a body. My identity is as the deacon of worship, but that's only a small part of it, and it's not the ultimate identity. It's it's more the role that you are functioning in, and is not really your identity. It's your role. It's it's the role sure, in which you've been placed. That's a much better way to put it. And I think, and and it's just it's just a role. As but you and, mentioned. and here's why I want to cut you off there for a second. Sorry, that's some of the issues we have in today's church. Is a lot of times we. We talked about a few things that we can get our identity from. One of the things as just humans, we like to get our identity from titles and the roles in which we participate in. Like for me, in my former career, I really was proud that I was a senior person, that I was a manager over people. I held great pride in that. Um, And there are people within the church that hold a great deal of pride that I'm an elder, I'm a deacon. I'm the pastor, I'm reverend so-and-so, or they go on to school and get their doctorate, I'm doctor so-and-so. It it, it becomes, they make it an identity in their lives. They may say they're a Christian, and they are, but it's almost like they're taking a different identity and kind of putting it in front. Oh, absolutely. They're prioritizing their role ahead of who they are. And that's that's a very common thing. You know, you hear a lot, um, especially within you know, uh, service members and those who are in the military, the fact that their career becomes their identity. And it's one thing that fortunately I've, I've heard as of late is the fact that, you know, when you put on that uniform, you become, you know, uh, you become sailor, Marine, airman, soldier, but that that's a role you play. And it certainly is an important aspect and it should be, but it's not who you are and it should not become who you are 
because one day that comes to an end and then you're left with this questionable, like, who am I now? And I think that we can look at that from a ministerial perspective in a sense that, you know, um, if you don't mind me bringing this up, um, Joe mentioned he was, he's an ordained minister. He's currently, uh, waiting for God to send him his flock. And so, you know, he is, he's a pastor, but he's not serving in that role. So Joe, I think maybe, you know, he, he, do you struggle with maybe trying to not put your identity in the role of a pastor, but just being as a Christian? Is that kind of, I did in the is, beginning. That, is that I, accurate? I, I did in the beginning because I think, uh, when I was ordained and, and took on more responsibilities, the weight of the responsibility falls on you. And when you fill a role, the people that are it's weird to say that are under you, but under your, under your care is sure, what I really sure. want to say. Um, they look up to you, and and they and that title is how they identify you. Like you are a Christian, but they're like, no, you're you're pastor. Like I still have people in my life that are from the last state I lived in, where I was an associate. They still call me Pastor Joe. I'm still a pastor in their life to them. Now, yeah, I'm not fulfilling the role or anything like that. It's just like, no, I'm I'm just. I'm just like you, except when I fill that role, I just happen to have a lot more responsibility right. placed on my shoulders by right. the Lord, where I am held accountable. Sure. Like, even now, I may not be in the role, but I am still mindful that the people that I have had under my care and under my teaching, that even though I'm not in the role right now, I will be held accountable for how, what they learned, what I said, how I took care of them, everything in between during that time period. Um, I think the other thing going off what you were saying was about that role and the position and, and kind of finding yourself there and how people in the military, we, we were put on the uniform or part of something bigger than ourselves is that we are trying to be and feel uh, well, basically a, a part of something we, we desire as human beings to be a part of something, whether a family, uh, a career where we're, we're recognized and, and seen and welcomed and we feel like we're, Hey, I'm a part of something. And I, I like uh, what Peter wrote in first Peter uh, two, nine, he says, but you are a chosen race, a Royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once I love this in verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you received mercy. What I see there is he's describing like, look, when you were just you living your life, no Jesus, no nothing, it was just you in your sinful ways, trying to find acceptance, trying to find yourself as a part of something and to have an identity. Um, and then he says, but look, you were saved and now, now you are, you're a part of something. You are seen, you are loved, you are welcomed, and you have a real identity. He says, look, you're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You're his people now. Amen. I mean, that's, when you think about what we were like before salvation, that's a huge thing to think about. Absolutely. And when you think about a lot of the identity issues that we find in today's culture, it's not only people trying to figure out who they are, but it is people who are trying to be accepted and be a part of something. Sure, because it may be it may be a part of their how do I put this? So part of their identity, you know, it may be a group that was persecuted or things like that or had experienced a lot of hardships, you know, throughout their existence, and so they bind together within that identity, you know. Um, 
I don't want to speak out of place here, but like you know, racial identity is a big one in that regard. You know, um, there, there are communities that went through terrible persecution, and so they rallied together. And if you, while it's not necessarily a bad thing, I mean, it's not necessarily something that that you know, unity is a great thing. However, what does that? What does that? That I'll just use race because I'm on that example now. What does that racial unity? What is, what does it end up? What where where does it end? Like what is it? What's the goal? What's the ultimate goal? And so when it comes to being a Christian, these roles that we have in these parts of our identity, they serve a purpose, and that purpose is for the glorification of God. Right. Whether that be, it should be through our ministerial efforts, it should be through our daily living, it should be through how we treat people. All of our identity, it's, <clears throat> it's, all, it's all puzzle pieces that essentially add up to being a Christian and glorifying God. No, I agree. And like, if I was looking at you, I'd say, you know, first thing is... I look at you, you're Nick. Okay, well, I know your name is Nick, so there's a form of identity. You have a name. I look at you, you're a Caucasian white guy. Okay, so that's an identity. That's an identifier of your life. Uh, I know that you're married, so you're a husband. I know, uh, oh, and because of today's culture, they would say, well, he's heterosexual because he's married to a woman. Uh, He has children, so he's a father. Uh, Obviously, like I said, he's a husband and a father, so he's of the male subspecies, so he's male gender, you know, uh, it's amazing what come out. And then it's like, okay, well he's, he's an air force. So he's an airman. Okay. Okay. Well now I, I do know he's an NCO. So he's a supervisor. Uh, you know, he goes to church, so he must be a Christian, I guess, you know, there's all these identities. And I think what we forget as Christians is that although these identities can be important, depending on what you do in life, your careers, whatever. Um, the thing that we forget when it comes to having our identity in Christ is that our identity in Christ is supposed to be prim- is, is, is primacy. That is the primacy, the prime identity in our lives. Whereas every other identity that is okay. And what I mean by okay, that matches biblically to what we can and should identify as is subservient Absolutely. to Christ. Great, great word Does that choice. make sense? Yes, it does. That's perfect. Uh, one of the things I used to preach at the last church I was pastoring at was, you know, in today's culture, even within the church, we have black churches. We have white churches. We have Asian churches. We, we label these churches by the color of the skin or cultural background these people come from. And because of the, because of the majority of the churches, that's what they are. And what I tried to help my congregation understand is I don't look at a person of a different color or culture background and go, that's what you are. No, if you proclaim Christ, you are a Christian. You have been covered by the blood. And just as, because number one, that's what God sees. When we get saved, God sees who? Jesus. That's right, because we're covered. It's it's Jesus. So, So how should I be any different than that? I should be different than the rest of the world. I should be able to look at anyone of any different cultural or skin color tone or what have you. And all I see is Jesus. I should look at you and just say, you're a Christian. That's all that matters to me. That's what that one body, you know? Uh, And I think that's an issue that we run in today is understanding what is our identity as a Christian and what should it look like? Sure. Absolutely. And I think the one, one you kind of uh, mentioned earlier is the fact who we were before Christ we have to realize that before Christ, we were all sinners. We were all sinners. We were rebellious. We were at enmity with God. We were all on the same 
playing field of suck when it comes to yeah. morality. And so we no 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 race, gender, creed. I don't want to say creed, but no no race or gender. We don't have there's no moral high ground there in and of itself within those identities. Right. The only way that you can have any kind of moral standing is if your moral standing is in Christ, is if your identity is in Christ. So ultimately, all Christians come to salvation through the same person, and that right. is Christ. So that is who we identify as because we recognize that we were all terrible, terrible people who had sinful natures but are now saved and sanctified through Christ. That's why identity matters. It's because it's the crux of our salvation. It really is. And so if you don't recognize the aspect of our sinful nature prior to Christ calling us into that marvelous light, then you fail to realize who you were before, and you ultimately fail to realize who you are now and what unifies us. And that is our identity in Christ. Because as Joe mentioned, God sees Christ in us when we're saved. He doesn't see our righteousness. He sees Christ imputed righteousness. And, you know, I, I am one to always say that Paul is a great example of someone who, I mean, he did his darndest in every letter to really help the local body understand how they should be, how they should live, and and who they should see themselves as. And Paul, I think, did really well because in his day and age, he was a Jewish man who had come to Jesus after chasing after Jesus followers. Right. I mean, jailing them, whipping them, and who else? And who knows the reality of what else he did? But here's a man who told them, he's like, "Look, I have in my life many things to boast about." I'm a, like, basically summarizing, I'm a Jew's Jew. I'm the most Jewish guy you could ever imagine. I was under one of the best teachers, Gamamiel, in the area. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I mean, you, you, that may mean nothing to us today, but to a Jewish Christian and to a Jewish person in general, hearing his credentials, you would, you would like almost in a way bow down to him and be like, you are what I want to be, who I wish I sure. could have been born into. And here he was saying, I am all these things. I, 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 I could walk around very puffy-chested, nose up in the air, you know, basically with you understanding I am better than you because of who I am and my accolades and my titles and my identity and my Jewishness. But yet he said it's all nothing because, right. because his identity is in Jesus. And brothers and sisters, that's, that's what our identity is supposed to be with Jesus is that everything else falls to the wayside. Uh, whether you're a pastor, an elder, a deacon, uh, a boss, a CEO, it doesn't matter what your title is that you may identify yourself as, husband, father, brother, son, what have you. Uh, it all needs to be subservient to the identity that is Christ in our lives. Absolutely. Uh, and, and when you become a Christian the other identities of your life need to become subservient. You know, a lot of things today, a lot of people today identify as homosexual, identify as transgender, identify as a Democrat, identify as a Republican, identify as, you know, a male, identify as a female or vice versa, depending if whatever they really are. These identities, I mean, it's just, it, 
does not have a biblical basis. And what needs to happen is the subservience of whatever identity that you think you have needs to fall under the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And that means those identities should fall in line with biblical identities. I think that that in this, as I mentioned, the, the kind of the postmodern society we live in, every, you know, it's all subjective. The Bible clearly defines identity. It clearly defines how our identities should biblically align. And so I think that I think that when it comes to putting those identities in subservience to our Christian identity, that we need to take a really close look at how we how we act within, as Joe mentioned, within these roles that we have. Like the Bible identifies how we should act within the role as a father or a wife, a husband, you know, a mother, so on and so forth. So we have to we have to take a look at the roles and these identities that we have and make sure that they are aligned with the ultimate identity, which is our Christian identity, which is ultimately Christ. Correct. You know, it's hard, though. We live in a world where the world likes to find its identity through its emotions, uh, through its mentalities, how it thinks, uh, whatever physical traits people have, uh, your monetary economic status, your career, your position within that career, your personal desires, your heart, your titles you've gained, your accolades you've been given, uh, political, uh, I mean, your cultural, your society. I mean, it's amazing how the world views identity on what you can identify yourself with. I mean, oh, sure. uh, it's just amazing that it's almost impossible to, to name them all. And obviously, when we as Christians in the local church, that can become an issue. Absolutely. Because even within the four walls of a local church, people are dealing with these different identities. They are struggling because it is a struggle of light versus dark, spirit versus flesh, uh, because I'll be honest, even after getting saved... um, there were things in my life, titles, when I wore the uniform, getting promoted, getting you know, respect, and things like those mattered to me. The title of being a worship leader mattered to me because it meant something. It meant um, I would be looked at or respected or be part of something that I wasn't before, receiving accolades, things, uh, gifts, prizes, you know, where it's like you feel special um, when we forget that we are special because we're Christians. We're part of something that is way bigger than this world could ever offer us. Man, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. And I think that, you know, ultimately, I think that I, the, world, the world searches for identity because it needs it. Like people in the world, we need an identity. Like I mentioned before, it's how we were designed. And so if we look to that identity outside of Christ, we will never be satisfied with the identity that we choose for ourselves if if that's the right way to put it no no we yeah, will, I, yeah we will we will we will always be searching for something we'll, we'll never be satisfied and i think that you know i've, I've heard some preachers talk about the, the god-shaped hole you know essentially the, <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like the, the god-shaped hole in all of us. <laughs> oh yeah that was a song was it oh man i forgot well we're going back oh i had a flashback to like my my youth years anyway <laughs> that that the fact that we you know we we search for an identity 
and we'll never be satisfied, especially for believers. Um, I think the world, the unbelieving world, finds its identities because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have the ability to identify with Christ. We don't have that ability on our own to identify to right. have that Christian identity. I want to make that clear. But for the Christians, if we look for an identity outside of Christ, we will never be satisfied. And we will always be searching for the next thing to try to grab onto, the next group to relate to, or the next ideology to subscribe to, because we don't, we, we will not be satisfied outside of Christ for the believer. Now, for the unbeliever, we pray, you know, that we pray that God does what he wills in their lives, but they, they will be satisfied in things of this world because unbelievers are a part of the world. Christians are not part of the world. We are sojourners here. We are just passing through. So we have to look towards a greater identity than what the world can offer us. Because if we don't look to that greater identity in Christ, as I mentioned, we will never be satisfied. And so that's... Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I... Uh... I have another podcast out there called the Average Joe Podcast, and I talk about that, about especially the identity I had in my own career, even as a Christian. And when God took that career away, it was like, okay, I get it. I get it. You you are supreme in my life, and that's what I need to remember. Um, so what does Christian identity look like? Well, you just read Scripture. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, you read Scripture, uh, and you will learn um, exactly what God requires of us number one uh there are things in our life that we need we may need to give up there are things in our life we may need to change about how we live how we act whether it's in our careers or even inside the church and uh you know in our next episode we're going to discuss uh some areas of identity that christians um struggle with uh in today's local church so I guess we'll uh, we'll see you next episode. Look forward to it because it's going to be very in depth conversation. I I just want to say real quick whenever whenever Joe and I were talking about uh, getting our uh, topics lined up for our first couple episodes, I told him that we were coming in pretty hot and heavy with this one. So um, I look forward to the discussions that I feel like this uh, this next episode will will bring up, and hopefully it will engage people in that uh, that productive discourse that we were talking about in our first episode yeah Other, otherwise otherwise uh uh we we may find out who's really going to be subscribers to this show because it, it may it may get a little uh it may may get a little uh little little heated may get a little uh little uh what's we look for well it may not get heated may, between us not, but, no 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 but the listener may be like wait a second right right <laughs> it may it, it'll, it'll get a little um because let's be honest sometimes tense. things that we identify with to be a part of, they become, uh, how to describe it? They be, they become the trophies on our fire mantle place. They become the things that are, that are on our refrigerator that we prize or that we hang on the wall that, that it's like, but, 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 and then when someone pushes against that, it's like, Oh no, you didn't, you didn't know. I can't let go of that. Like that's important to me. They become, Oh, I don't know. Idols. Oh snap. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Contemporary Conversations podcast. You can find us on the interwebs at Contempt Convos for Twitter, Contemporary Convos for Instagram, or on our Facebook page, Contemporary Convos. You can also email us anytime at contemporaryconvos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and God bless.